All right. Okay. Can I? I'm not waiting for any longer. Are you ready to do it? It's what? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like Richard Dreyfus in Jaws when he's tying that knot uh-huh. uh, on that barrel, and Quint's like, Hooper! And he's yelling at him, Hooper! And he's like, and Richard Dreyfus looks back and goes, Don't wait for me! And he's just tying the knot as quick as he can. And then, because he was doing some, <clears throat> he was doing some science mumbo jumbo before that. You want to do a show? I would rather just talk about Jaws for like three hours. I am totally fine with that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, let's do a show. All right. Um, I've actually been trying to watch Jaws repeatedly because I got the big screen downstairs, and it is it won't. Well, I'll tell you in a sec. But welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. I am Brian Irwin. I'm John Huck. Right. So what I was going to say was that I try to watch movies, anything that I'm interested in. I have to watch because I have young kids. Everything has to be done after about 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. When they're either when they're asleep bed. or not interested. So you have to imagine the level of commitment that you have to make to a television series or a movie that you're genuinely interested in without having to watch it for 17 straight days, which is typically what I end up doing or giving up. I've tried uh, over the last couple of days, because maybe because it's just getting ready to be summer, and I love the movie Jaws so much, and because we've got this big screen, there's not a lot of movies that I enjoy watching on the big screen, but Jaws is one of them that I've watched a gazillion times, like E.T., Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I'm a huge Steven Spielberg guy, so... You've seen Jaws on the big screen? Huh? You've seen Jaws no, no, on the big, on the big screen? Oh. at my house. Oh, I saw yeah. Close Encounters of the Third Kind at the... Um, Egyptian? The Cinerama. The Cinerama. Oh, really? Uh, they, they did a short run of it. I would go see Jaws in, in the theater if they, I, do, if they did. I know they've done those short runs before, but just never... The, they, did jaw, they did Jaws a while back, and there was something. I was out of town. I, I was really oh, bummed I missed right. it. I missed it, too. Yeah. Uh, the I problem did, is you have, to, you have to be kind of in the know. Like A lot of these things come and go very quickly. Yeah, and they do. And I'm, but I'm on enough weird email signups, you know, that I'm mm. like, they're like, eh, this is what's playing at the Egyptian next month. And I'm like, wait, why am I getting this? And, oh, you must be on that one. <clears> I think I'm not on it anymore. There was that one thing that would... Uh, that sent you everything that was going on entertainment based, which actually was good. I, like I never bought anything. Three or four different but... ones. One's all concerts. One's movies. I don't know where they come from, but they're helpful. And, that is helpful. Actually. And they actually do keep me on top of like, you know, when bands I like are coming into town and what's going on. And because sometimes I don't always hear about it, and I'm like, hey, wait, they played the Wiltern last night. Like right. that sucks. I missed it. Like I missed Judas Priest. I had no idea. You know what I mean? I was really bummed. I've never seen them before. I thought that'd be a cool show to well, see. Hopefully they'll come back around. Yeah, for you, for you anyway. Yeah, just um, for me. Uh, but yeah, no, I so I haven't seen it yet because what happens is I uh, I turn on everything and then I immediately fall asleep. Yeah, so I, mean, I literally nine thirty. You're ready for bed too, man. Like I've that's done, unless the deal. I go out. You know, the funny thing is, I would have thought you know having done stand up for as many years in production, like that you you're, know, somehow, you're a night owl. Yeah, you're just your body is nah. used to being a. I'm not that guy, dude. If I'm at home. You can also you also change that. You can also you know what I mean that changes with who you are. Like well, you might have been up early in the morning to deal with stuff. Yeah, so. you might have been a night owl when you were like in your twenties or whatever. And actually, not so much. I think what it was was if I'm home, I'm asleep. If I'm out, I could stay up all night. But that's I can't stay up all night. But I can definitely like if I go out to like the comedy store or whatever, I can stay awake until two o'clock in the morning. Right. Usually, if I'm if I'm sitting in the well, back that, just watching good. comedy. Well, that's good. If you're out, that you're staying awake at wherever yeah. place that you're but, at. But you I get t- but I don't and I don't mean that in like a, I get hammered. I mean that like in a, I'm exhausted. Right. I'm I'm up at six a.m. almost every single day. Well, former guest Patrick Keene falls asleep in public places. He's got that thing. It's mild, but he uh, yeah. he can literally just take a nap. I went to college with a dude who fell asleep all the time, and then got mad when we said, "Hey, are you sleeping?" No, well, because in there, my eyes. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's a class. That's a dad. That becomes an official dad. It's a super. That's too. what I said when he said, "I go, you're my dad." I don't understand, dude. He's Such like, a dad. Stand you're 19, man. but yeah. So I, I have I have not seen Jaws. Uh, I've fallen asleep uh, too many nights. Or quite frankly, I haven't seen anything. Um, even half hour stuff. Like I'll I'll, I'll watch uh, John Oliver, which you know that's one of those programs. By the way, I don't understand. Like they're on, they're off, they're on, they're off. Like they they take. Random weeks off, like I don't. It starts driving me nuts with certain programming. Will like get going, then it will take a few weeks off, and then it comes back on again. And you're like, hey, uh, uh-uh. well, yeah. no, 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 no. That, that's let's a just newer stay. Thing. Let's stay. Let's stay with this. Well, right. I'm staying with it. Why are you not staying with it? Let's stay with this. Let's finish it up like we used to do back in the day. That's okay. what I'm gonna say. You let's have take a very our old off. school feeling about let, television. Let's take our summers off. Let's evil. Let evil Knievel do a couple jumps over the summer to fill our time or that or Which you know is the new Red Bull thing. Is that's yeah. what they try to do over New Year's and stuff. And then let's get back to business. Come the fall, okay. Let's excite us with this. Let's a, pick with a up where we left off. But let's start off by kicking it off with a 17 minute promo on the network, letting us know what's coming because that's the only way we're gonna see it, right? Let's get stoked, and then let's get into this, okay? But other than that, like, no. So other so, than TV from 1985, <laughs> you don't want anything. No, it doesn't even matter anymore what I want because I, I, I fall asleep. And, uh, um, and, and I end up, even if I like something, like I, before we went out and saw Avengers, I had to watch. I, I realized I didn't see the last uh, Thor. Oh, dude, um, it was so good. Great, which is hilarious. Those Thor so movies, I, are they're two of the best like there is there because the first time I saw Iron Man, I was like, "Wow, that was a really good superhero yeah. movie." Those Thor movies are Thor. That second Thor is better than Iron Man. It's like funny. Thor got better. Yeah. Iron Man got cheesier. Like when by the time that Iron Man started becoming like the Hulk of the television show, where he's like, "What's up, little kid? Let's have this journey together." I'm like, "I'm out. We're not doing the little kid thing." Well, when he yeah no, no but, I can't I can't I'm sorry I look. Here's the thing. He's I better it. on it as a as a character within that ensemble. And I want to be very clear. I'm not against. Kids and movies. This is your political stance. No, I'm not against kids and movies, but I, I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. It gets a little bit sappier. They've changed who they're talking to in the film, and it's just like I can't. It's like we're, my, my kids are at a point now where I'm not seeing as many of the Pixar types of movies anymore. Like we're we're so, yeah, they're starting to want. We're, watch we're like... in between Boss Baby and just about to hit um, Austin Powers. But we can't watch Austin Powers just what, yet. What about Naked Gun? Bit, what about Naked Gun? You know, it's funny you bring that up because I was thinking about that. And there's only one and, dildo and a condom yeah. scene in that movie. You could show that to kids. I saw that. In, I saw that when I was in eighth grade. My mom dropped me off at the movie theater to see no, that well, movie. Those times were different. As I've already, I think I've already said on this show before, I also showed my kid way too early the original Bad, Bad News, News Bears. Yeah. And so, I mean, but I saw that movie when I was like, I, can, I, I barely context. remember it. I saw it so young. Yeah. Context. And right. Walter Matthau was technically everybody's baseball coach back then. Just a right. beer Every, drinking idiot. Yeah, just a jerk. You yeah. know, and, and it was a different time where like the jerks were more harmless. Unlike now, everyone's just a jerk to be a jerk and just trying to destroy people. But the different type of jerk. Nineteen <laughs> seventies jerk is not the same. As no, they didn't 20. have it. They didn't have the smarts to want to destroy people. Right. <laughs> they just lies. thought their way was better. Yeah, exactly. And they eventually just passed out, and you ignored <laughs> them. So it's like... eventually they went to sleep in a recliner. <laughs> But anyway, I have not seen Jaws. I love Jaws. Um, and and I, I think, if, dude, I ever talked about that. I wish I could get him as a guest on the show. But my first job out here um, was working for the production designer. Joe Alves was a production designer oh, yeah. on Close Encounters of the Third Kind and Jaws. What was he doing when you worked with him? He, I was working on this like cross a crossover of like part reality or part real movie, part 3D a- animation. 
and it, it tanked. It never, it never happened. It was a movie called PC in the Web. I actually never got paid for the last couple of work. Me and everybody that worked there, they they closed the doors. And PC uh, in the Web yeah. <laughs> sounds like but, a bad sitcom about computers. Right, it was. Yeah, and well, it was bad, it's just a bad movie. Yeah, it's so it's funny when I look at it because it still shows up on IMDb. Really? Well, yeah, because there was some. You know, they shot the first half of it, because which was, it was the live union. action. It was probably Union too, and then that yeah. all goes into record no matter what. But uh, yeah, I, I talked to still talk to a couple. That was my first job. I still talk to a couple people. Do you talk so. to that guy, Joe? Joe. Else? No, Joe, and I, so Joe, anyway, Joe was, he was the production designer, and that, that, I, that was my first job, was a PA in the art department, but it was like a non-traditional PA where I basically sat at a desk, and they didn't have anything for me to do. I love So that. the guy that I still talk to this day, Gil, Gil was way younger than me, he was like a teenage kid, and he taught me, that we had nothing, we literally had no work to do half the time, so he taught me how to... Look busy. Uh, do Photoshop. Oh, and Illustrator. That's how I learned all that stuff because we had nothing else to do. Oh wow! But it, but what was really cool was before the nothing else to do part. I actually skipped this. We we moved twice. The first place was at Rally Studios, which I thought was really cool. Like you know, that was the first time I realized you could just once you're on the studio lot, you could and, wander and, and freely. You mean the Rally? Not right down here. No, no, not the one near. Uh, not the one by Paramount. The one that's down in uh, Manhattan Beach. Oh wow! So I worked Manhattan Beach, which again I was like blown away. Go of on course, there. Yeah. Realize. That this that once you you kind of have an all access pass once you're on there no one no one's no going to one stop you because they don't know any better. The uh, David David E Kelly had a show on there called Boston Legal, uh, not Boston Legal. I'm sorry, not Boston okay. Common. Uh, was it whatever the high school? It was a school based movie, oh, or a God. TV show. Uh, Boston Public. Boston Public. That was on there. <laughs> that was we just named three Boston. <laughs> there you That's go. That's really funny. So so I remember walking through there, uh, just dead sets, you know, because no one cares when no one's when they're not live. Dead the sets doors just are means open. that they're not acting on them at the time. Not yeah. that there are dead bodies there. No, yeah, exactly. But <laughs> it's so funny. You just wander through, and this is again. And I try not to lose that fascination, but back then I'm like, wait a minute, no one's stopping me, and I'm wandering around. I'm touching props. I'm laying in beds. I'm and, putting on pajamas. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I used to just get bored, so I would, I would basically go take like long walks around the lot. And I remember walking down one time, and um, uh, they were filming the movie Evolution with uh, David oh, yeah. Duchovny. And, yeah, um, that's a pretty funny movie. Sean uh, William Scott and, and uh, the, Julia. Uh, no, it was the it was the set with the original Seven Up guy whose name is escaping right now. The Seven Up commercial oh guy. Oh my god! Yeah, he was. In he was it. also on Mad TV for a bit. Yes, and Omar. It was it was, it was directed by uh, um, what's his name uh, Reitman, Ivan Reitman. So I'm I'm literally just wandering around and I just stop and watch them film a scene there. And again, I'm like, why isn't anybody asking me like, who are you? What are you doing? Like, well, they, and when I say they don't know anybody, so they don't care. And well, I'm not. First off, I'm not disrupting. Yeah, you're not bothering anybody. And second of all, they have no, like, there's you. I'm th- I now know there's so many people on set. They're like, well, clearly you could person. be the president's uncle, nephew, yeah. or I'm working on. They just don't. I'm not working with them. They don't know. Yeah, exactly. so many different second units, yeah. third unit, stunt unit. Yeah, so that that was kind of cool. Uh, wander around and doing all that stuff. Especially that's um, a that's a pretty good movie. I should rewatch that movie. Yeah. That guy was also in office space. He came to the door selling. He came to the door pretending to be a crackhead selling magazines. And they were like, oh, you're a crackhead? So they pull him in and they try to ask him about laundering money. And he's like, <laughs> finally, he goes, look, guys, all right, I'm not a crackhead. I- I'm just trying to pay off my student loans. This magazine thing is a good scam, whatever. And they're like, so you don't know how to launder money? He's like, no, I don't know how to launder money. And they're like, but you heard everything we said. He's like... I won't say anything if you buy a bunch of magazines. <laughs> yeah, Office Space. For those of you who have not caught up, on that's oh a classic. God. First off, I, I understand. Oh. There's, the only thing about Office Space is you do have to have at least a year under your belt working in any office environment. But once you do, 
That movie so I'd will say immediately. If, I'd say if you're intuitive, three months, two months, a month, you could be in an but office area. You can't. Area, you cannot not work in it at all. No, you can't be someone who like. Yeah, I guess not. But because you can, look, you can see it, but you're, it will heighten your enjoyment. Yeah, that's just it. Is it won't mean as much if you haven't worked in an yeah. office. But one, it, it'll. I I truly believe that if you if you haven't stumbled upon it, and I get it was an independent comedy when at its time, which is why a lot of people probably never saw it, and they call it quote unquote cult. But the point is, if you have never seen it and you're planning on seeing it and you have worked in it, I would be shocked if it didn't immediately go into your top five greatest comedies of all time just because it's so relatable and so funny. It's as relatable. Like some of the stuff they do on Seinfeld at Elaine's office, I always thought was was very kind of relatable to office work. Not that I ever worked for a magazine or, or anything like that, but like the birthdays. Yeah. You know what I mean? The cake, all that stuff. Like you work in an office. That's why I laugh when people when I hear people complain about craft service or catering on the set of a TV show or a movie I'm on, or I'm working on, or in the office, you know? Because a lot of times at the office, you'll get a paid lunch. You get They buy your lunch. They yeah. give, bring a rent menu around. And some people are like, ugh, what, tacos again? And, I know. And I just want to be like, hey, the rest of America brings their lunch <laughs> in a bag, okay? And the only thing they have to look forward to when it comes to mealtime at work is like donut Fridays, man. Yeah. Like, well, also, they work in an office environment where one person never stops asking hey what are you guys doing for lunch today what do you guys want to do for lunch today oh my god <clears throat> yeah stop i every place i ever worked at there was somebody that loved to talk about what was going on for lunch that day i'm like nothing with you well nothing right. with you anymore sure but but he did find his click or her click whoever it was they oh, found yeah, their like click of people to pretend it was not a man <laughs> well no i'm saying or her I, it could be an annoying my woman point is, it, my point is like it's i'm, I'm trying to say that i'm cannot be the only person that worked in an office no, that no, had no. that person Dude, there's always those people i mean i used to have a guy Stop talking over. about lunch i worked at uh, i worked in an insurance company for, as a temp and then they hired me outright and that was <clears throat> there was a lot of office but that was the job i almost i almost took a job as an underwriter for that company and then as I was like coming out of my interview for that job, my my buddy called me and asked if I wanted to drive a, a van to Aspen, Colorado to work at the US Comedy Arts Festival. And that was it. I never I went back there once in between production gigs yeah. uh, to work. And they were like, Oh man, you sure don't want to come back? And I was like, I'm pretty good. <laughs> and like I knew right then that even if I was just a van driver for comedy festivals for the rest of my life, that I was gonna be better off than being in that office, you know what I mean? And I met a lot of nice people in that office, and there were a lot of people that were great. There were also a lot of people that you like <clears throat> that you read about that are in that movie office space. Oh, yeah. That are like, you know, <clears throat> people, HR, Thousand Cats. Like, there's just that kind of stuff is legit. Yeah, actually, the funny thing is, last office job I had was with you, which was on Code 9. And that was oh, more. Oh, well, that's. No, I'm saying, but that's as close to off because okay. I had. What I mean by that is you I had, had to show up, up to the yeah. same place yeah. every single. Until eventually when I had to leave to go do location scouting. But when, when we were writing, that was a straight up. You had to show up every day. You had to sit around, and then the, then the, the standard office stuff with you know the cla- the the visits to the kitchen, the visits always, to the bathroom, always, always. the same people stopping by certain people's offices, but, checking but, in with but them. But I also feel like produ- like production offices to me. Because I remember the first time I had to go work in a production office, I was like, oh, this isn't really like an office. Like, 
there's bullpens of people, you know, here's a room of the segment producers, here's a room of, like, this is an executive office down, you know what I mean? It was always like, but everyone wandered in and out of everything, and everybody was just like, yeah, you want to hear a fart joke? Like, you know, you could, back in the day, you could walk into a room and say anything, and people would either laugh or they'd go, get the fuck out of (laughs) here. But nobody was like, I remember like at the end of Punked, when the, the original run came to an end, we had a... Um, uh, production manager uh, who had been uh, there the whole run. She was like, I would call her a robot because she never slept. And production managers have to do all the real, like, tedious work. Like, mm-hmm. nothing can really fall through the cracks when it comes to getting permits, making sure that there's insurance, like, um, making sure everyone's had a background check. Like, there's so much stuff that they do that nobody gives. It's a th- it's it is one of the most thankless jobs in all of production and one of the most important. Yeah. And when you have a bad production manager, you know immediately. When you have a great production manager, you think as a producer, you're awesome at your job. Like she made me she get like that team of people that worked on punk that that never got any credit, they were they were the reason those shows even aired. Oh, dude! Again, you know what I mean? Like you're Ashton, only as good as the people behind the scenes. Ashton is a, is a, is a, is a, is is the mind and the face behind it, and that's super important. And MTV doesn't pick up a show based on the production crew. We know that. Like Ashton's name helps sell that show. No, but you're talking about the executors, <clears throat> and that's I I look and, and to give people an idea of what how you're trying to explain this. Think of all the movies now because you have so many streaming services where you're like. I'm sorry, I didn't know um, El Pacino or Robert De Niro made this movie right. or someone's. And you yeah. start watching it, and it's a turd. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, it's a turd because the people that uh, took that script and after casting, uh, put together the cast and the script, uh, they created a turd because they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, and that happens. And and a lot of, and and that's the difference between the great punk. And the not so great punk, because as as great as a vision may be from a creator, if the people below them do not execute properly, and I'm talking about everybody, yeah, if people suck or they're checked out, or they're just douchebags, they're not getting along, or they only put they, they you know the grip guys only put in two thirds the effort, that stuff has a domino effect. It genuinely does. I, I think it's they're a not a not. Uh, I think if you're smart at what you do in this business, you're aware of that stuff. If you're just a grinder. Then you're just putting out mediocre product, and you don't care. You're just moving on to the next thing. I I, I truly do believe that it makes a huge difference. And I and I also think that <clears throat> those people are still good at their job, regardless of the content they're helping make. Like, like they might have not liked. Like, if you, I'm, I'm thinking about this one uh, woman in particular. And I don't, I'm not. I'm not saying names because I just don't know if they'd want to be mentioned. That's yeah, all. That's you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do feel they deserve a lot of credit, and I would love to list the people I'm talking about because they were so good. At what they did, which I guess people wouldn't get mad me saying their name if they're good. But anyway, anyway, point is, um, I forgot what the point was. No, well, you, well, I was, I, you were riffing off of what I was saying was that you were saying they, oh, don't, have to, they don't have to yeah. love the job yeah, that I, the, uh, of the content that they're doing, but yeah. there has to be some. You, but you have to you have to love what you do. They have to you, exactly, exactly. They have to really. There is those people have like a production manager to me has like a sense of organization and order that like a regular person doesn't have, you know what I mean? Like bordering on the spectrum, like the, like the things you have to keep in line. It's so crazy. And I, I never had to have that job. It was like, it, it was something I was able to, I don't want to say skip over, but like the kind of route I took in production was more like, Hey, I can produce your goofy ass shit, you know? And then 
I always had a team like that. So I would go, this is what we're doing. And I would think like, what a great idea. This is so funny. This is going to be huge. It's going to be great. And then it would get pulled off and we'd all be high-fiving each other and sucking each other's dicks, you know? And then those people then have to make sure the location gets cleared. Right. Make sure everything gets loaded out and is accounted for. We're driving away like, whoa, <laughs> you know what I mean? And we're right. like all really so pumped at what just happened. And those people are like, they're the first ones there. And they're the last ones to leave, along with the location manager, who first one there, last one to leave, you know? But the location manager is just really in charge of that location, whereas the production manager is literally managing the entire fucking production. Right, exactly. And all the people. And all, and all the people. And also, this, this one in particular I'm talking about had a way, they, the two of them together, the line producer and her, uh, the production manager, were able to deal with the weird, different personalities that were on a production like Punk that ran for so long People were weirdos, you know. We would get new people coming in and out, but then there was a core group of us that were there the whole time. And w over that whole time, like you, the differences in personalities and the clashing, and how like we would all be able to hang out, but like once punked ended, I barely see any of those people. You know, it's not like we're still having reunions. Well, you should. I don't know. It'd be let's fun, let's get one together. Let's let's go ahead I, I and call it that. here. Call it in to get a reunion. Uh, which is funny how we even got on this conversation to circle it back to my first job. Yes. Which and the Jaws jo guy. With jo Joe Alves. Yeah. So Al spell it Joe last Alves. Name? A L V E S. Okay. So outside Not of the fact who Alf was based on, and, and I won't I won't do any of his stories justice. Which you know, and which by you the way, if you, you get there, if you I get mean, the if you get the Blu-rays um, of either uh, um, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind or uh, Jaws, there's whole sections of him talking about, no shit. All, about all the stuff that he does. Anyway, so I wouldn't be able to do any of his stories justice. The only <clears throat> no, but definitely if you are, you should get that or see that. Oh, if it's you amazing. Have, yeah, yeah, if you have a chance. You I know, because he, but, but to get some of the stories firsthand was pretty, it was kind of like when we had Garrett Morris in there and I, I was like trying to get him to stop talking to me before you got there. Yeah, because I, you, I was loving getting firsthand stories. There's sure. nothing better than getting no, firsthand dude, stories you about. you feel like you're in. It's about great. anything, It's right? great, yeah. So yeah, he's telling the stories. A lot of my favorite stuff is he would just talk about not necessarily the production itself, but what the world was like back then, and that everybody drank all day long. Like basically, you know, you kind of some of the stuff you see, you saw on Mad Men, a lot of day drinking, a lot oh, of a lot of going to lunch and drinking, a lot of nighttime, a lot of partying. Like so, it's all that stuff that we talked about. That that most of the stuff that gets greenlit and gets made in Hollywood is based on socializing. It's that, so the, a big part of, 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 of most people's success was their ability to be successful at socializing. You know what I mean? The lunches, the breakfasts, the partying all night, the going out things on the weekends. You know, in order to just get to the part of pre-production and execution and post-production and, and, you know what I mean? A big part of it. And it was just a different... Listening to him tell stories about what it was like and how that stuff went down and how crazy and out of control people were and how acceptable it was back then it was just very interesting to get that story, right? And that's why that, so, you know, I don't necessarily know if he would share those stories publicly and none of them were really bad. He was right. just kind of laughing about like, God, yeah, but what it's was, a what? different, it was a different attitude. And that's what he was saying because was like, what was acceptable? Like, like you go have five beers for lunch now and people are like, what is your deal? Yeah. You do it, you do it 1985 whenever, right. when you're working on, whatever you're working on with the crew, and everyone's like, yeah, you're not having five beers for lunch? Right, and that's kind of what he was talking about, because he was kind of more along the lines of, like, I couldn't keep up with that stuff. Like, that's not how I roll, but he just said, look, this is how the business was. And I think he was just stoked to have had the opportunities that he had in the business that he was. But, um, uh, but one of the things that I got to do is I remember he called me in uh, to the office, 
And what I, I, by the way, I love working in the art department because that type of art department, and even some, um, maybe those people are so, so my, my dad was an artist, so I, I, I'm, they're so creative, and, and some of the things and the experiences they share are just, and, and, the, and the way they see the world is so different than your average just person that just <laughs> goes what to work they at o'clock. Yeah. And what they yeah, do. Yeah, they're, they're just, know? they're outside the box thinkers. Anyway, he calls me one day and he says, um, hey, I need you to do me something. And this is back in the original iMac era. This is like uh, 2000, right? And I go, yeah, what do, what do you need me to do? And he's like, um, these are my uh, original, um, uh, um, uh, what do you call those things that you, the, not the shot list. Cells. But the, oh, oh, storyboards. No, these, are my, these are my original storyboards that I drew for Jaws. I need you to scan oh, each. Oh, yes. You showed <laughs> me these. Yeah, no, you showed me the, yeah. yeah. And he goes, I need you to scan each one of these individually for me. So that uh, I, you know, I want to make sure that I have a digital copy as as a backup and make a couple copies. And for while me you're and, beating off on it, please yeah. don't get any cum near it. Well, dude, I mean, first off, getting them, I, I thought first off, seeing them was amazing, right? But then having to hold them, you you realize you have to understand, like that was like one of those movies that I I love. First off, so first of all, that it's hand- one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah. So <laughs> he's handing me the storyboards, and I'm sh- I'm shaking a little bit because I'm like, this is my first job. I just fucking moved out here. You're like, do I drop if I drop these? Drop it. <laughs> Like you said, spill something on it. Rip one of them. And I mean, there's so these are original storyboards. You know what I mean? Ultimately, what you know, I I ended up scanning them all, and there was there were some overruns of, and I also had to print out each copy of, and I I got I have some of the overruns of the stuff that I print out, and I know it's like the average person that would see those. They don't. They would just. I think look at that. Some, uh-uh, I think that would be fun and impressive to look at, no matter what. No, no, you're like, missing my. But but they but they could think. Well, yeah, you know, I could probably print this offline or whatever. Oh, and, sure, 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 but, sure, but sure. For yeah. me, I, you could. I, yeah. For me, it was a direct connection. It's like no, no, no. You don't understand. I actually held these things. I actually sat in Photoshop and, and cropped each one and and you know made them each individual. But they are they are in his book. Yeah, I I, I saw one day because he's got his fan page on on Facebook, and I saw. That he does sell a book that does have those uh, some of the storyboards in there, and awesome. specifically some of the ones that 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 one, the one of the overruns that I had that were scanned. And uh, I never told them that I took the extra ones because I felt horrible about doing it, but it was just going to go in the trash anyway. And it's like I'm not going to sell them; I'm keeping those for me personally forever. Yeah. But um, it was uh, that was awesome. That was like one of those moments where I was like very early on, you know, and everybody has these that has moved to Hollywood. You have like a Hollywood moment that makes you re- reminds you. That whatever you were doing in your, the rest of your life and why you were attracted to it, you have your moment. You have your Hollywood moment, right? And so, for me, that was pretty cool. Taking that, the, 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 some of the people that I actually um, that I that I worked with were were actually pretty cool. One of the, um, two of them used to work at Marvel. Whoa! And one of them used to draw all the Hulks for many of the years. Like the, every year, like they or like for certain uh, generations, they have very specific artists that do very specific work. So that was pretty cool to hang out with those guys. And then uh, the only other uh, story to 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 put a button on that was uh, I got to know this the, this really quiet. There was a guy when you do three D animation, they sculpt everything out of clay first. So they design it, oh, they whoa. draw it, and then the sculptor from pictures and from drawings, a sculptor just sits in a room. And creates a 3D that ultimately they take that 3D and then they rescan it for the guys to create digitally, right? Whoa. So it's all pretty cool watching. And he just sat in this, this basically, it seemed like it was like a, um, uh, uh, a, a, like a room that had that had a doors you couldn't even hear in there. Like he just sat soundproof, in a soundproof room where there's loaded with all these sculptures all over the place. And he just quietly sat in there, nicest guy. 
got to know him over time, and he called me in one day, and he goes, hey, can I show you something? And I go, yeah. He goes, uh, you know where I was today? I'm like, no. He's like, um, they want me to uh, make the new Superman costume. And he shows me a picture. It was, it was <clears throat> the Nicolas Cage. The Nicolas Cage stuff. And I was like, what is this? And he goes, well, yes. Kevin Smith. Yes. It was Kevin Smith? Yes. Or Tim, no, not Tim it Burton. It was Tim Burton. It was and, Tim Burton. And then Kevin, and then Kevin Smith. Smith got involved. And yeah. somehow or another, Nicolas Cage was uh, was supposed to be Superman. He was showing, he's like, I wanted to show, I want to show you the suit. They had him try on the, the suit that I had to sculpt, you know, for the thing. And I'm looking, I'm like, dude, this is totally cool. Those, again, those pictures are now out. There's a documentary. The- There's a documentary called The Death of Superman. It's about the death, like the, the rise and fall of the making and not making of that movie. Yeah. It's, I've never seen it. Is it it's where can awesome. I see it? I think I saw it on Netflix. Okay. Uh, it's probably on Hulu too, but man, it is awesome. Like I'm I'm not kidding you. It is it's a really crazy story. Like one of this <laughs> this main executive producer was out of his mind. He would come in and wrestle people in the office. Like it was the stories are insane. Like he wanted a giant spider at the end that ended up being used in Wild Wild West. Like it's a it, see that documentary oh, because it, it's and they show Nicolas Cage trying on the outfit. He's got longer hair. He yeah. wasn't going to wear a cape. People are like, no cape. Like people were losing their minds and the studio was freaking out. And like it was, it, it's it's a very it's a very good. It, you know what it is? It's a good look at how some of the most famous people in the industry yeah. couldn't get something made. Like. Yeah. Like, we all laugh because we're like, well, I wrote a script, but who cares? No one knows who I am, so no one's ever going to want to read it. Um, guys like that will write scripts, and they brought, like I said, they brought Kevin Smith in, and they these are all superhero movie geniuses. Yep. And, you know, Tim Burton had come off Batman and Batman 2, which was actually really good. You know what I mean? Those were good Batman movies. They were the first Batman movies we saw that weren't Adam West, you know, and they and everyone was like, "Holy shit!" Like, and they laughed about Michael Keaton until they saw the movie, and they're like, "Yeah, he is Batman. That's great, not Mister Mom." But um, no, I got I got to see that. But that yeah, and by the way, they used to t- that's back when they were this gonna this Polaroids. was back in the Polaroids. They were taking Polaroids and Nicolas yeah. Cage and that stuff because they had to pin it up on a board so that the costume people Polaroids. could be like, "All right, Polaroids, yeah. man." Th- there was like there are lights on that suit like that. It, it is a trip, dude. Yeah. It is a trip because. I I love all things Superman. I really do, man. I don't think like I I I I even watched Superman 4, okay? You um, watched them all too. Look, it was, you know, it was a different time. Right, but also and, 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 the Brandon you know, Ralph Superman in 2006, I was like, "Oh, cool, it's back. He's going to be he looks just like Christopher Reeve. This is awesome." And then everyone was like, "No, fuck that. We're not doing that." See, I never then, had a I, 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 maybe I I have a soft spot when it comes to superhero movies. I I'm not hypercritical. I wasn't even that, not that I was that interested in them. I wasn't even that hypercritical about the Star Wars stuff. Like, I don't, I go in, get what I, get, understand what it is and what it's made for, and then I get out. Like, I I don't, I love the stuff, but I can't, by the way, I was raised on Super Friends, so how critical could I possibly be anyway? Super Friends was awesome, dude. And that's kind of like, so was I. I didn't read comic books, but I watched Super Friends, and I liked the first couple Superman movies. I liked Spider-Man. I liked the Hulk you know what I mean? Those were the shit that I saw on it's, TV. It's true, but but I, but it, I said this to somebody yesterday because uh, um, we were talking about. And I, I don't even forget to get back. I got to tell you something funny about that that job. Joel's or the job? The uh, the, uh, the job. Okay. The, the, not Joel's, but the actual job and how it all ended. So, um, but no, I, I was talking to this guy yesterday because this is. Uh, I don't want to timestamp this too much, but every year they do for your consideration Emmy stuff, and yeah. they're always trying to pimp everything out and and. Um, 
Louis Anderson was in town. They took over an Arby's, which is part of Baskets. They oh own an Arby's and God, all that kind of stuff. So they dude. took it over, and like a thousand people, and it can only be voters. All showed up, and they got you know Arby's and all that kind of stuff. And so, oh and, my and God, that's some awesome. friends of mine from school. Some other parents are voters, and they texted me a photograph. They're like, hey, look who we saw. Was he and dressed I, up as? No. Okay, he was no, just No, he was just there. He was okay. Louis, yeah. And, yeah, they're like, Louis says hi. And I'm like, ah, I'll see him later and ask him if he appreciates when people constantly drop my name. Because Chris Pleasant did it one time, too. He doesn't, yeah, funny, he doesn't care. I was just kidding. But anyway, um, so we were talking just about, you know, the voting process and, and you know, and, and, the, and the quality of stuff. And he goes, yeah, you know, because I, I told him that uh, I got a four-year consideration of Stranger Things. And I said, I'm never going to get rid of it because it's unique. Like, there's only so many of those that are put out. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And Stranger Things is really good. Yeah. Well, that, well, then, so he says to me, he goes, yeah, a lot of people said the second season wasn't that bad. And I go, listen, here's how I look at it. I go, me and my kids and my wife, it's our thing. So I go, I it's never the, looked at so it that way. So it's the best thing ever. So we don't, we didn't judge it at that level. And he goes, well, just some people just thought. And I go, let me tell you another thing about how I judge stuff. Not by other uh, people. <laughs> I, uh, I watched every episode of Gilligan's Island, okay? So if you want to talk to a guy that basically cannot be hypercritical of any television show. You most I, certainly can, though. I came I from mean, Gilligan's Island, dude, okay? the Harlem Globetrotters were there. <laughs> You gotta, how many planes and boats can crash on this? Like, how can't you get on a ride out of there with somebody else? Yeah. <laughs> so all that. But let me get back to where we started, which yes, was office that, space that and the office that I worked at. So eventually they started cutting back because things weren't going well for the movie, but they weren't telling us, right? Like it's that classic like how and was there what were there any signs that you now looking back go, oh yeah, that probably wasn't right or that Well, one right. of the signs was when they called an all meeting, mm-hmm. uh, an all call meeting into the motion capture room and the guy said, We're not gonna pay you for a couple of weeks, but I want you guys don't panic. <laughs> Anytime you say the two things back to you back. have to say I'm not paying you and don't panic anywhere close to each other in the same sentence. Yeah, just just our, our financing fell through just this is the first time I'd ever heard about that. Oh, whole yeah, you're like, wait, that happens? So just give us a sec. We're going to get back on course. And the thing for me, I was like, well, yeah, of course. Like, I'm Because I'm looking around, dude. There was an, a huge investment in that. Every computer was brand new. We were in a, we had moved at this point. And computers at We the had time. moved out of Rally Studios in Manhattan Beach and moved um, to another location where we were the only thing in that location. It was a full So you're renting lease. out that whole building. Part of my job uh, while I was there was to move from there to basically build the motion capture room, build the uh, the computer room where all the uh, where all the hard not the hard drives, but, but you know, the but, big de- the stacks of yeah like, the stacks of stuff. The, you know the cooling room where all that stuff like is. Where, where Henry Phillips works on Silicon yeah, yeah, Valley. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I I this idiot. That's I was building that stuff with guys. Like I was building those racks and helping them out there. Like go it. figure, right? Yeah. But anyway, so they, they obviously at some point the paychecks weren't coming through and people were leaving and they were starting to kind of cut it right. Well, I'm still in the art department. They come in. Now, this is, the, this is where I learned. This is going, everything circling back to office space where we started. So it turns out that payroll-wise, I wasn't an art PA. I must have just been a PA. PA but the only thing the I department. ever did was work in the art department with, with Yeah, they designated you to them. You, were, you became theirs, but the production paid you. They let go of everybody in the art department. Except you. Except me because and Gil. Mm-hmm. So we came in one day, and, and everybody else had already been you know, told that they weren't, but they never called us and told us um, 
because, and we were waiting for it. We knew, we knew the other people were getting, we, you know, we had like a going away party and stuff like that. But we were like, oh, well, we're clearly next. Why would they keep us? Because they were literally cutting every department. The problem was, and we learned not the problem, but what we learned later was that we had our own separate entrance with our key card, and we were in a completely isolated part of the building. So we, Gil and I both went, well, you want to try to ride this out? Be like, yeah, I mean, as long as we... Stay here as long as we can. If they don't know we're here and the paychecks keep coming in... So they had started paying again, but they had to start cutting people because they some people were just too expensive, like the art department. So it's like if you're getting rid of the art department, you're shutting this place down. Yeah, yeah, you're There's not, no movie the to be made. Not what are you talking about? Without yeah. an art department. So we just kept showing up, and every day we just sat there for eight hours and just did waited nothing. Waited to get fired. Waited, <laughs> waited to get we let go. Never got fired. I was one of the last three people in the building. You also probably made the least. Well, yeah. In the end, ultimately, in the end, I didn't get paid for two weeks worth of work. The last two weeks, but I was literally one of three people that was still there because they needed people to start tearing things apart because they were starting yeah. to sell off get rid stuff, of stuff yeah. to get Make their money you know, back for the investors who were like, this sucks. The only thing I regret is like I, at some point I was coming in and literally I was only I was the only person there. And and in the way back in the storage was all movie props and leftover stuff from people's offices that they didn't take with Should've them. Loaded up your car. One of them was a life size ET that just get sat the there. fuck out of here and you didn't take. And it? I wasn't corrupt enough. And in, in at hindsight, the time, I should. <laughs> you would do it now because especially if you knew it was just going to sit there forever. That, I mean, now, that thing's probably still sitting it, somewhere. Well, because you know what ended up happening? That it's, stuff just gets sold off. Yeah. To, and it's just given to strangers. You know what I mean? Like I, I realize now how the process works. But yeah, for a short period of time, I kept in touch with with Joe. But then, like anything, you know, you lose touch. And Joe, Joe was older anyway. I mean, he was like on the yeah. He worked you know, on Jaws, bro. Yeah. I think he's older than you. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it was one of those things where I just kind of lost touch. Them. I, I tried to reach. I, I I still probably have his number somewhere in one of the old. Uh, you know, everybody nobody changes their cell phone numbers ever. Well, but that guy might. He, he might, has a cricket yeah. now. <laughs> but I would, uh, but he's, he goes out and he does all those, you know, that's how they make their money now. They do Comic, those, those uh, other Comic-Con conventions. things and conventions, yeah. Yeah. But I would love to just get him on the phone and chat with him on this show. Maybe I'll try to reach out to him. But anyway, that was, but how cool is that? Like, my first job out of the box Dude. is with somebody who worked on movies that, like I took my youngest son, Elliot, to go to, this, to the Cinerama to, to see. Speaking well, no, we went, we went, yeah, exactly, named, he was named after E.T. Uh, went and we took him to go see um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. There was, I only, the only part I got queasy in is like, there's some pretty heavy family stuff in the beginning where the kid is yelling at his parents for arguing. And like, it's, because one of the themes I now realize when I get older with Steven Spielberg is like dysfunctional families, like the breaking up of families. E.T.'s like a single yeah. mom. That clearly dad cheated on, and like there's yeah. issues, there's burning issues. Like, so I, you, I, you kind of see that stuff, but it's okay. Life, life is real. Like, whatever. Also, it adds a nice element of humanity to yeah. the characters. Yeah. That's why, I mean, I don't know why specifically he does it, but to well, me, it makes sense it, it that makes, the escape, right? Like, there's clearly a broken home. He needs, yeah, so ET, ET yeah. is his escape, yeah. right? Like, same thing. Yeah, good point. Close encounters of the third kind. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a broken family. The man is trying to escape his family, and he becomes obsessed with something else. Instead, like you know, so you kind of see from a character development standpoint where it did came. Joe ever, did Joe ever have anything to say about uh, Richard Dreyfus? Ah, uh, no, I don't think I ever asked him about that stuff. I God, mean, years there's later, stories that him and uh, um, <clears throat> Robert Shaw Quint didn't get along. Uh, well, there's a lot of stories <laughs> that uh, Richard Dreyfus didn't get along. I mean, there's that whole Bernie Brillstein book that I did eventually read. Um, you know, you're. Um, uh, 
I can't remember what the name of his his book was, but uh, uh, I'd be in prison if I wasn't dead. Something, <laughs> something. Should we have lunch or something like? Anyway, the Bernie Burlstein book. He would, he talks about you know uh, Gary Shanley being a little bit difficult. Uh, yeah. you know, Richard Dreyfus being difficult. Like he brings up you know, John Belushi, you know, being difficult. Yeah, I mean he the, he the interviews with him about having to write checks to Belushi out of his like because he was supposed to watch his money and Belushi yeah. comes like I need to buy a guitar. And be like, what are you? What are you doing? He's like, I'm buying this guitar. It costs like twenty thousand dollars. What? He'd write this check, and then Blue should go party down. Yeah. You know, I mean, we all know those stories. <laughs> all those stories. But that's what you know. Like you're talking about, Joe worked <clears throat> in his heyday. Was it was a di- it was a different time. Seventies, seventies, and even Early into the eighties, and even into the like. I feel like I, you came out in ninety nine. Out of out of the womb, uh, no, uh, two thousand, two thousand. I well, I came out here in nineteen ninety nine. I feel like. The end of the 90s into the beginning of the early 2000s was kind of the beginning of the end of Hollywood being that type of place. Like, people were still trying to hang on to it. I remember, like, just just in general, like, smoking cigarettes everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, people drinking, doing drugs. Like, it was never a big deal. I would agree with you. I always thought it was pretty interesting. A lot, of, lot more people smoked when it first came out here. All everybody and everybody always wanted to start <laughs> sneaking in alcohol on set at the end of every night, which is illegal. Which is they don't want you doing that. But they did it right? anyway. They but that was a big it. thing. It seemed like it seemed. I would agree with you as the as the as the decade went on, the first t- ten years of of, of post two thousand, it seemed to become less and less of a thing. People were like, let's just get done. Like, people were getting healthier. People were also like, dude, let's just wrap this up and go home. Like, I don't. Yeah, need we to don't need thirty two hour days. Like, no. we don't. We can finish and get this. hammered. Yeah, on set and there were, yeah. after after the thirty two hour day. And you know what I mean? my my buddy, the guy I moved out here with, Tim, uh, he worked on a couple of Nickelodeon shows, and he worked with guys who were like grips and shit on Dukes of Hazard and stuff, you know, and the stories they told him, he was like, dude, they paid the crew in like cocaine for yeah. overtime. It's like <laughs> some cocaine, keep working. Like, you got it, man, no problem. You know, it's funny you'd bring that up because having been out here now, you've been out here 19 years, I've been out here 18 years, and it's like, I look at what it was like. You forget that when you first start working in production in, in the early 2000s, those people had still, you know... The 80s wasn't that far away back then. We look at it now, and it seems like forever and a day ago. And I realized that after I got out of the business for a couple of years and got back in, and when I tried to reach out to people that I was working with the first time around, they were retired. They, they were done. They, they were like, yo, what did like, I work Like, it didn't even business? register with me that they had been in the business already 25, 30 years. And you're, like, trying to reach out to them 20 years later, and they're like, Well, no, I'm, ah. I'm, re- I'm reaching them out. They, they had, not soon after I got out of the business for to do my thing, even though I, I had only been in it for a couple of years, they were, they were done. They were they had already been, they had gotten their tenure in. Sure. And they were finished, and it didn't really register with me. I'm like, oh my God, yeah, because some of the stories they were telling was from com- completely from our youth. Well, yeah. of course they're done with the business at this yeah. point. If of you were working on out. Close Encounters, yeah. you're not like hanging around to work on a YouTube show. No, no yeah, you're done. And <laughs> that, that was that was the transition, too, was that our business had changed drastically. The market tanked, filming went away, filming tanked in town. And the budgets were starting back up at uh, you know at at, at uh, what, what, they, what once used to be less, yeah more less than, than half, half yeah. about a third of what they were, and it became a thing. And eventually they worked it out because it was the whole new media world, and they were trying to get by with everything without cheap, trying to get a bit by. They're without still they're still it. trying to work it out, but it's. It's much better. It's way better. The money, the money went up. It they they they've changed the scales and all well, that kind of stuff. Because it's it's not the the internet. It's not as it's it's not far fetched at all because it's happening. But like the the thought was TV was like we're TV, 
Like, you can be the internet, but that's silly. No one's going to look at that. We're TV. And then as people were like, hey, I don't have a TV anymore. I just look at the internet. TV was like, what? And then there, then something had to be done, which was like, you have to admit that these actors that are acting on these shows that are on just the internet are actors. And they're... <laughs> can we pause that? Mm-hmm. All right. Are you okay now? Yeah, I'm okay. That was a guy who's coming to patch a hole in my bathroom. <laughs> oh, huh. Which kind of hole is it, John? They had to replace some uh, pipes behind the shower. I'm glad you answered the way you did. So they... Because uh, there's a lot of other holes on the, the back of Speaking the of the internet, there's a lot of other holes that uh, yeah, no. people have. Yeah, but like you said, like, you're, like we were saying, that the actors on that, they're clearly acting. These are shows. People are watching them more so than they're watching, you know... T- well, now TV. it's kind of point. come full circle where... Yes, now they've, they've merged. They've become one. Yeah. It's like... I don't see network television going away anytime soon. No, I, I think it's no. going to be it's 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 going to be a, a generation or two before it goes away. I just it could go away like at the end of my lifetime. Do you know what I mean? Like we could be the last people that are like my my kids won't care about network television. Your kids already. Well, I'm don't sorry. Network care television about... will still be there, but it's going to be more in the version of streaming services type of thing. So. Yeah, it'll be there'll be apps. Network yeah. television will be an app. If you Which for some reason want to fucking app out commercials and watch ABC and do all that shit, then go crazy. You know, I think the key is, um, and not to get too deep into this, but is to how to control your destiny within that world because. If you move away from a non-commercial based television, which is how pay is structured and is based on the popularity of your shows, it is going to change a little bit. And the fear is that um, that process, just like everything else in the world, is going to keep cutting itself down. So as the world gets more expensive, the pay continues to drop and then you run into a problem, which is always a fear. But I don't want to get too knee deep into right. that Yeah, stuff, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, by the way... Uh, um, uh, I, I dropped off, so my movie is going to be doing that film festival, Dances with Films, over at the Chinese Theater, which we talked about in the last episode. But I had to drop off um, what's called the DCP, which is what they with the. There's no, which is funny. They call you got to give it to the projectionist. I'm like, yeah. first off, he's a guy who puts a hard drive into a fucking he's, computer. Yeah. He's about as a proje- as much of a projectionist as a DJ is with his laptop. Yeah, at, it's so funny. Why I walked past a DJ the other day. And he had like the the woman, uh, scantily clad woman, like clinging to him while he was doing a DJ thing, and he was literally just standing there with sunglasses on. I was like, Dude, yeah, that's what they do. This is it. They but anyway, buttons. so it gave the stuff. But to the back player. in the day, you would have to carry the film canisters. Yeah, if this was what if you, you if someone said, hey, pick you have to come pick up your movie and you have to take it to the theater where it's going to be shown, you'd have to carry like two heavy ass film canisters uh, with your movie in it, dude. Do you remember going to see a movie, and while you were watching the movie, there'd be a little burn circle that would show up on the thing, and then it would, it, just for one second, the film got crappy, that and then it another, switched the thing? There was another guy flipping the They were flipping the projectors. switch on the projections. Some theaters, I've been in a theater where they didn't have two projectors, they just stopped the movie and then put on a second yeah. reel. That was Midnight Run they did that, mm-hmm. too. I was in eighth grade. My mom was like, hey, you wanted to see this PG movie. Why is it taking you so long to come out of the theater? Uh, the, can- the projector broke. I was like, I never heard of that happening before. I was like... I don't know what to tell you, but we had snuck in. I, in I run. yeah, one there, there, projectors can still, in theory, break. Sure, I've, of I went to. They I've, can, I've been. I've watched a movie just disappear. Not like burnt. Not the burn disappear, but just like stop working. Yeah, because there's a technical fail. But yeah, so it's like you know, you give them. Um, I, I basically, in order for the, my my film to show, you, I had to give them a thumb drive. That's the DCP. That's the thumb. That's what it's on with, with in five one sound, which I don't five one from my movie. I didn't really understand it, but that's this movie theater sound. Dolby. And then you and then I had to give him, which is funny. I think there's the Dolby theaters right there, right? And then I then you and then as backup, you give them a Blu-ray. 
just, so just if the DCP case, fails, we're going to bring out our Blu-ray player. <laughs> you see the the select screen, the menu, comes the menu up. comes up on the on the like, on the guys, big screen. Guys, this is not part of the film. But the, I guess our point is like that's where we've come. Like literally, I'm delivering my film to a, a, a theater on a thumb drive. Like that's just that's just a, it's it is what it is, man. Yeah. Anyway, hanging out over there, had to leave because it's a little bit too intense for me over there. It's a little bit too. That, oh, that area, Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, I used it's, to live right over there. Yeah, it's a little bit too much. Um, it's a lot. I used to go drinking out there a lot, like yeah. down, up and down that street. At first, I was like, I'm going to hang for a second, kind of absorb the environment. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, this no, environment it. smells like pee. Yeah. Oh. Well, it's just... Spider-Man has a hip sack. Look, I got to go. Look, if you're, if you're visiting from somewhere else, yes, enjoy it. That's exciting for you. And I was trying to just... I wanted to capture a moment of that and see if I could kind of like fall into it. And I couldn't. I will tell you, the only thing I do want to do... Someday I want to do... And if you want to do it with me, I want to do a Starline tour. I don't care if they're bad. I need to do... One of those double-decker bus tours. I just need to experience it once. I want to just be on one of those to see what they're all about. The uh, the funny have you th- done one? The funny no, I, I have not technically done one. The funny thing is though, I've been on those buses several times shooting hidden camera bits. Oh, okay. So uh, you have been on three one different, kind of. but not really. Yeah, we oh. went on our own tour. Like, oh, uh, okay. You know, um, but uh, so they were like they were shows, or whatever. My mom and my aunt came out to visit. <laughs> this was years ago. Um, but not that long ago. And they took a t- the TMZ tour. And my mom was like, well, we took the TMZ tour. It was awesome. And I was like, why did you take the TMZ tour? Like, there's a million tours you could take down there, you know? She's like, oh, it was great, you know, whatever. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then I'm talking five, six months later, she called, and this is, this could, this is between 2010 and now. Okay. Right? So TMZ, my mom calls and says, hey, they turned that tour we took into a TV show. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, <laughs> we took the TMZ tour. They turned it into a TV show. I see it's being advertised. I'm like, it. what do you know? The tour is from the TV show. The TV show was already a thing. She's like, oh, I'm like, what did you think the tour was? <laughs> I was so confused. Like, why would you even take that tour if you didn't know right. or love what TMZ was? You know, that's so okay. So I was going to say, so she, I wonder if it was only internet at the time that she did it or was it already was it, it probably was already a tv show at that point but i guess unless she's watching it's no, syndicated it, it, had been, it had been a tv show for, for, for a, you're right for it has a been a long, long time, time. That's true. like yeah i don't watch this i don't know no, i don't but i knew it, that what it was is it on. is that two or more like actually less about the hollywood or are they all moved away from like the hollywood stars thing and it's more about that's what that's why i'm curious because i'm assuming back in the day it was like this used to be Jimmy Stewart's house, and one has to wonder, do they even do that kind of stuff anymore? Because again, I think it depends on the tour. Like if you're trying to take it, if you want it, there's probably an old school Hollywood tour. You oh, take okay. that and they go, because I could tell you a couple of houses WC Fields lived in up and down. But that's because when I read about these people, I'm like, oh shit, they owned a house on, you know, it says they own a house on Los Feliz Boulevard. So then I just go Google WC Fields house on Los Feliz Boulevard and a yeah. picture comes up. I go, shit, I drive by that house every day. Oh, really? You know what I mean? So there's like stuff like that you can do, like the Laurel and Hardy music box steps. You can just Google in scenes from movies and they'll tell you where those locations are. Like I had a friend try to take me to the Brady Bunch house one night. 
Dude, we never found it. He was the worst. <laughs> I've been to it. I took my parents to it once. And it's, it's just the outside. They didn't shoot inside Correct. the house. They just used an outside Correct. still that they showed you every and single And it doesn't time. really look like the house anyway because they, they also They changed put, the landscaping. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, and they also added a second floor. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then they probably have a sign that says, go away, gawkers. Uh, they probably don't get it as much as they used to back in the day. Because it doesn't but, look like it. Well, yeah. and also... No one watches the Brady Bunch, and yeah. it's not a thing that people give a shit about anymore. Right, yeah. Um, Which is funny because eventually that's everything. So on the so anyway, I do that. I drop that stuff off, and then I uh, I have I have a feeling, a sense of accomplishment. I accomplished a lot today. Drove around a lot of places, got my movie ready to be screened. Feeling pretty good about myself. Not like super stoked, but good enough. And as I'm driving over here, <laughs> some guy going, Fuck somebody you. fucking threw. Oh no! Somebody threw a cup of ice at my car for absolutely no reason and scared the shit out of me because <laughs> they didn't know what the hell it was. And I'm like driving. I'm like, what why? The fuck? That's what I. That's as I was driving. That's what I said. <laughs> First off, I go, what the fuck? Because it just like all of a sudden, all this stuff just hits my car. <laughs> windshield. And the thing is, is I wasn't windshield even windshield or door. Windshield. Like, so, so it bounced off the so, so it bounced off the passenger side. But I want to be clear. I was in the center lane. I wasn't even in the lane closest to. It was. I was driving. It, it came from. I, I think from what I can gather, a bus stop area by a um, a gas station. Okay. Because I didn't see Oh, the... so there was no car. It wasn't no, somebody it was... who drove alongside you. It was somebody who threw it from... Yes. Okay. Well, that's... Because my initial <laughs> thought was like... That's you... rude, but that's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. But it's... first of all, it scared me. And then secondly, <laughs> it, I, I was just like, well, why? Why did you pick me? What did I do to you? Yeah, I don't think anything. You were just driving by, you know what I mean? I was the... I don't think the guy was like, look at that guy's face, and then just whipped it. No, I think it was, I'm crazy, and I'm just Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, my my buddy Tim used to get... He used to drive a... uh, He got in a fight with a dude in a truck, basically, on the road. This guy just pulled up next to him and, like... Tim threw a... No, oh, no, Tim had threw a jelly donut at him. The guy, like, spit into his car like it was all kinds of... (laughs) Goofball shit. Yeah, I'm not looking for trouble. No, but ever. But my buddy Jay Brown, who's been on the show before, um, location Jay Brown. That's his name. Yeah, location location Jay. Uh, He was driving over the hill on Laurel Canyon, and he was coming to a thing. He was either coming to a show that I was doing, or to a punked rap party, or something. Because he lives in the valley, coming over the hill, and we we were maybe he was coming to work, but we met up like. Like right after this incident happened, so it was just funny. He gets out of my car. He's like, he's looking at. He gets out of his car when he parks. He's looking at his car. I go, what's wrong? He goes, dude, I'm driving over Laurel Canyon, and somebody whips a bottle of cologne at the side of my car, <laughs> and I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah. So I'm like, what the fuck, dude? So he kind of comes down, and when the guy stops the stop sign, he pulls up next. To him, he goes, he goes, dude, I think it was Paul Wall, the rapper. From like to the early mid two thousands, whatever. He's like, I go, that's ridiculous. How do you what? And he goes, and then someone pulls up a picture of him. And he's like, yeah, that's the that's guy, the guy that, that threw cologne. And he had at like me. a he had gold teeth. Like he, it was like it was him. Jay, he drove the same car in the picture. Oh my Jay God. was like, what the fuck is Paul Wall whipping? So the whole thing was like, can we punk Paul Wall? Can we get? Paul? <laughs> <laughs> it was just really funny that this dude just for whatever reason, and it might not even have been him. It could have been someone no, for this, in for the this car. story forever. It's him, yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to accuse people. No, no. Also, no one can fact check it, so yeah, it is. It is right. what it was. It is. Paul Wall. Let's be honest. It was. Yeah, I don't understand why that. Why I had to have something thrown at me today, but you know, so yeah, it, it these happens, things man. happen. Yeah. By the way, remember we were talking about swingers. Yeah. Um. I did you see that? Like, um, uh, three clubs. I drove past it. It's like 
it, it used to be known for just a, a sign that said oh, cocktails yeah. now, on the outside. Now you can see that. Now it's like bells and whistles who they are. I find that pretty interesting, like why all of a sudden they went from... Be, I guess that whole... When I first moved out here, or even before I moved out here, remember the whole cool thing was to not know... If you're walking into alley bars, you're yeah. like, what, what is this That place? was a thing. You're like, there's no sign. It looks like a back door to a warehouse. You're like, no, this is but a bar. But that was their sales pitch, right? Like to go into all these mysterious places. I guess those days are over. Now it's about, no, 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 we're good. Let's just get as much... Well, they, Three Clubs has different... Different management and different ownership, I believe, than, uh, they did, okay. than they did originally when we first started. And I know that. to everybody that, I, that I'm bringing, and I apologize, this is very LA centric, but it it was it was one of the things that I made sure it was in the movie Swingers, and it was one of those places that I I, I obviously uh, frequented because of, and also then John and I did uh, several uh, comedy shows there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, anyways, I just happened to notice that, I, and it was I, again, it was one, another it's, old it's man not, moment of like, what like, the. I feel what like the not, son of a... It's not like bells and whistles, but it is like lit up and you can... It's not like, oh, what's this place? It's, oh, that's what that place is. Yeah, but they <laughs> painted it red. Yeah, the wall's so red. So it's, oh, it's, it's, very, it's very noticeable. Now. Well, it's, it it's was red. like a gross gray. It yeah, was, well, and, and that was like people would like stick secret. gum and... Say, I mean, it was disgusting. Top but secret. Yeah. Like, that was the one where they... I told, did I tell you they, that was the one where they, they lost my... They gave my credit card to the wrong person and they could and the woman behind the bar could carry... I'm sure you know which one, woman I'm talking about. She worked there forever. And anytime anybody works anywhere forever, they just don't give a shit about it. They're like, no, no, you're here for me. I'm part of the atmosphere, so you got to love me. And I remember her like uh, going, ah, oh, God, I was going closing out my tab. And she's like, ah, I gave your card to somebody else. You're going to have to just, uh, go, you're going to have to cancel that card. And, uh, and I'm like, what am I going to, is the person going to call back and I give back? You want my number? She's like, no, sorry about that. She's like, but uh, can you still pay for, do you have another card to pay for the, the drinks? And I was like, What's going on here? Yeah, she should have come to your drinks for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But although, oh, I'm trying to think what happened. It didn't stop me from going there. But no. I was like, seriously? Dude, I, that happened to me at uh, the Rustic Inn. And uh, this was years ago. And then like a year later, like they gave my card to somebody else. I got a card back at the end of the night. I'm like, this isn't my card. They're like, oh, shit, sorry. They were real apologetic. So I had to cancel the card and whatever. And then the next day, I think the person returned the card. So I was like, <laughs> great, whatever. That didn't help. And then I was with... Uh, a friend at the Rustic, like almost a year later, but I hadn't been in there forever. And I was like, the last time I was in here, I was telling my friend this as I'm waiting for the bill. As I'm, as I'm like literally finishing the story, the waitress comes up and goes, I'm sorry, we gave your card to someone else. And I, <laughs> and I just started laughing. I go, okay, did you just hear my, was I talking that loud? She was like, what? I'm like, you clearly heard my story that I was just telling. She goes, what story? I go, about how the last time I was in here, someone gave my card to someone else. And she was like, I did not hear your story, but I did accidentally give your card to someone else. And I was like, <laughs> okay, but I think she was like, so your drinks are, don't worry about your drinks. And then, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll call you if it comes in. I go, all right. And I just canceled it again. She did a little of something when I call the right thing. Yeah. To do. Yeah, you do. I mean, especially. Own up. Especially because you probably didn't have like 40 drinks. You probably had like three paps yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It was like, it wasn't like a. Things are, yeah, that was the thing is that those, those drinks, it wasn't even expensive. Yeah, you weren't those. having like 15 mojitos. Yeah, no, that was back during the uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon phase where everyone was getting it, but it was dirt cheap. It the, was like the cheap, that you could be like, you could the, have this or you could have this. But the reason that bar started selling Pabst on Tuesday nights at a discount was because one of the first times I went in there to do comedy, I was like, hey, what do you got uh, in cans? And the guy goes, we got Pabst. And it was like, I go, okay, I'll have a Pabst. And then like, by the time I like, I kept going back and getting Pabst, and like midway through the evening, he was like, um, dude, you drank all the Pabst. 
And I go, what kind of? Fucking I don't know if that's a good or bad part of the story, but continue. But, but I was just like, what kind? Because I hadn't had, I hadn't had more than twelve beers. I can tell you that I hadn't yeah. had more than eight beers. Probably I was like, what kind of place has passed doesn't have more? You drank than- a sixer. Let's call it a sixer. Let's just say a sixer. And I go, what are you talking about? And he goes, yeah, sorry, man, we'll have more next time. And I was like, I took that with a. Gr- I was like, oh, uh, sure, okay. Next week he was like, all, dude, all the paps you want. And pretty soon it became like. So wait, you're the reason why there's. They were like, yeah, now we run it because Swinehart used to. He goes, we got the John Huck Pap special, and then I'm like, oh, okay, it was like I think three, four dollar paps, which is still way too much to pay for a Pabst. No offense to Pabst Blue Ribbon, they're a wonderful beverage. My favorite moment uh, outside of losing my credit card there, oh, I did lose it, beating my credit card. <laughs> yeah, that's one of your favorite moments. That's one of my favorite moments um, was performing there one time. And a little known fact, I don't, I don't think people brought up on the show, but uh, the, the training facility, the boxing training facility is in the backside of that. Mm-hmm. Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao. A lot of, lot of uh, famous boxers have gone through there. Um, and I forget the guy's name who owns uh, the place, but it, his, his... He's a famous trainer, He's right? a famous trainer, and then there was his, his assistant who used to come to the shows all the time. And uh, he was hammered. And uh, I was very clear. It was very. I, I knew that obviously, you know, he comes from a violent sport, and he's probably punched a few people in his lifetime. And he was like talking to me, and he was like, "Yeah, you're funny, blah blah." And it was one of those classic where, like, all of a sudden, he's like, "What? You don't you don't appreciate my compliment?" And I was like, "No, I, I do, I do." And he's like, "Oh, you're getting more sarcastic, buddy." And I was like, "How did it? How did I get stuck in a situation where a guy is complimenting me, and now he wants to punch me in the face?" Because he didn't appre- I didn't uh, he didn't like the way I appreciated his appreciation, and I, that's the only thing I remember because I was like you know obviously sometimes you could sneak a little spot back in the behind there and see all those boxers up there and I'm like yeah I ain't going nowhere near that that's just you know yeah dude I was I was looking for parking back there once and there was a bunch of these it looked like I would say Filipino dudes standing in like all in a group in the middle of this parking spot and I'm drove around a lot once and I drove around a lot twice <laughs> and I come back and I roll my window I go. I go, are you guys going to fucking stand in that spot all night? Or is someone, are you waiting for someone to park there? And I was real kind of dickhead about it. And they were all like, okay. And they all kind of like spread out. And I just pulled in. And I got out. And then Pacquiao comes walking down the stairs. And I was like, oh, oh, oh everyone here is like a boxer. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, sorry, got to go. Bye. Oh, I thought you were going to give me a 1980s moment where they all spread out. And Manny Pacquiao was like, yeah, we're going to take this spot. <laughs> you want to park here? Yeah, let's go. And they get into a fight with you, and you have to box him. I, I boxed Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao and seven other dudes that night, and then I did my set. I still, uh, but I, but yeah, three clubs. That was a great place. Uh, yeah. good, good memories. We can walk there now, so we like it. What? We can walk there. Is it that close to here? Yeah, it's right up the street. Oh, I don't know. Santa Monica and Vine. Uh, by the way, side note: uh, I was talking to uh, my dad. I was like, "Oh, dad, did you did you hear the episode?" Um, with with, uh, with Garrett Morris and he's like no I don't uh, I haven't been li- I got to be honest with you son I haven't been listening you guys say, you guys say some choice words from time to time and I didn't feel it was appropriate for me and I was like Ha-ha, right so you're listening he's like he's like no I, t- I took a break he goes I'll I'll, I'll read download and then and then I was like um well you know, you don't have to. Like, then I started feeling like, God, I'm like, what kind of stuff have we been talking about? And, I don't, and I'm like, I got stuck in my head. Like, what, what could my dad like now? Like, well, let's, let's start listening to some episodes. And I'm like, what have we talked about? I don't think just really... send him the Garrett Morris one and tell him that's the one he should. <laughs> that listen is true. To. I guess in he theory, I could need send to him keep listening. I like, could send him anything, and he doesn't even have to. That's a good point. Yeah, he doesn't have to resubscribe. I mean, he should subscribe and have the. I'm just saying. I always thought it was cool that my dad and your mom were listening. It turns out my dad tapped out. Oh, my mom the, comments after every show. The salty, 
the salty language. <laughs> he was um, half being sarcastic. I think he still subscribes, but he just, you know. I have. I think I can pinpoint uh, my mom giving up about the language and a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? It was, was when I was like, we wore her down about the hair. It's like, I wanted long hair. And I was like, I want long hair. And she was like, no. And I wanted hair down past my collar. And she was like, what? No, why? What did you, why do you want that? And I'm like, because long hair is awesome. She's like, you look like an idiot. <laughs> I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. Me and my brother hassled her and hassled her and hassled her. And I think she just finally said, you know what? I don't give a fuck. Do what you want with your hair. And it took years, but we finally grew out of it. You know what I mean? I think she, she looked cool. at that as a way of going like, if you let them do what they want a little bit and they do it long enough, they'll, they'll realize they're fucking idiots and they'll stop doing it. Do you guys look like the Almond Brothers back then with your hair? No, you've seen pictures of me with my hair. I can't remember. We don't look like the Almond. I mean, my brother looks like uh, they called him Meatloaf because he looked like Meatloaf kind of uh, <laughs> back then. Not modern day Meatloaf, everybody. He doesn't no, look like modern, modern day, modern day meatloaf. meatloaf. has really. Well, you know what? <laughs> uh, possibly. But um, and then I looked more <laughs> like. Uh, Shit, I'm trying to think. Like, uh, well, I looked exactly like Brian Posehn when he was 17. Oh, I mean, I'm not even kidding. I sent him a picture of my high school, uh, my high school picture. I sent it to him, and he was like, "Jesus, did like our our parents?" I go, I go. So we might be related. He goes, "At least they came over on the same Viking boat or something." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, for sure." I got nothing else. I don't know what you got for the uh, you got um, any, any any thoughts or sharing, but uh, I'm tapped out. Uh, this it was a rough day for me. So yeah, you had, got to, you had to drive around and <laughs> crazy people are throwing ice at you. Uh, if you live in the Brea, California area, oh, I will be uh, headlining there on July 31st. The Brea Improv. It's at the new venue. Um, all good. Oh, you're not. You're still okay. Um, and then uh, that was me still talking. fixing the hole. In the that wall. was me talking to the guy fixing not the, hole. the TV show. Um, remember that show, the hole. In I the never, wall? I never watched any of those shows. I didn't either, but I remembered it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'll be headlining the Bray Improv on July 31st. I'll be up in uh, at uh, Chelan, Washington, C H E L A N, Chelan, Washington, uh, with Lachlan Patterson at the end of June. And then uh, September, oh August, August eighth and ninth, I'll be in the at the DC Comedy Loft. Oh DC, um, yeah. yeah. You gonna do that? Have you ever done the Washington DC tour? Are you gonna go see things? Uh, I've one. I used to live in DC. I lived there for three months, and then uh, I went there when I was in eighth grade and saw all the sights. And then uh, <coughs> I haven't been back since I moved from there. But uh, the club has taken me to a Nats game. Okay. They play a day game on Thursday. I'm doing Wednesday and Thursday, August 8th and 9th, headlining. I got Matt Champagne uh, featuring and uh, Loy Lee, a comic I've never met personally. Thanks for not inviting me along with you. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, is the MC. So, yeah, we're going to go to a. Not that Matt's I don't like game. Matt Champagne, but, you know, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome, man. You're welcome. I really appreciate that. Uh-huh. I remember that one time I took you somewhere, but that's, that's cool. Don't mm-hmm. worry about it. Well, he called me, and uh, <laughs> he called me first. Does he, so does he live out there? He's got a lot of family out there. He's oh. got somewhere to stay. The club can't give him a hotel. Ah. I yeah. see how it works. Yeah. I mean, that's how I get spots, too. Like, I'll, that's how I get to go to Arizona more than some people because my cousin lives there, so I don't have to pay for a hotel or get a, have to worry about a hotel from the club. 
I don't know. It's I think it's I think it's bad. I think clubs should give features hotel rooms. I don't disagree. You got to do what you got to do. It's called survival of the fittest, man. Yeah. You just do what you got to do. Yeah, no I've slept deal. in my car. I Are you it. going to go outside the White House gate and just start yelling things? No, no. I'm probably. Why do just people gonna... do that? By the way, why do they ever? Why think... do people yell things on the internet? But you man? know what I mean. Like, there's this weird thing. There's I, every once in a while you you'll hear about it, like what are, what are you doing? No one's listening to you. I mean, you. I, I get it. I, I get. Wouldn't that, that be great if that changed everything? One guy yelling <laughs> from the fence, and then everybody was like, "You know what? You're right, dude." And it's uh, free healthcare, free education. I've only driven through there um, <laughs> when I was managing bands. We didn't have enough time because we were in a hurry, so I didn't really get to see it. I only saw the White House from a distance. But it looks to me, even in the pictures, that the the front lawn and the fence it's it's not you're not that close even no, anyway right no, I, dude, I don't know it seems like it's, it's very far away it it's way back dude yeah. it's so not even like you yelling, could chuck a rock and hit the white house dude right, so no... even yelling to get nothing which i'm no. sure they're probably soundproof windows anyway on top of all of it no yeah. One, yeah there's no that's why i think it's funny that people are always like you know, i mean I'm, usually those are people are not all there so it's kind of I can't imagine someone who's competent yelling from the gate like, I, like it's, it's not something that goes on. My favorites are always like, "No, I need to get in." You don't understand. Okay, first off, anytime you ever say, "I you need, to get, need in, to get in," you don't get in somewhere. Under- guess what? You don't. <laughs> Unless you're you a under- fireman no, no, or you, a no, policeman, no. you don't need to get in anywhere. No, no, no. You don't understand. You don't understand. I need to get in. Nah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. That's all I got. Uh, oh, I'd like to plug my. I have this. There's a, a web series right now, but we're not trying not to call it that because it's really just a preparation for a TV pitch. But uh, it's called My Death Co. Mm-hmm. You can find it on Vimeo. You can find it on YouTube. Um, you can find it on I think Facebook too. But uh, My Death Co. Uh, they have an Instagram account. But it's uh, I play a, a Grim Reaper a guy who killed himself goes into the afterlife and is forced to take a job as a Grim Reaper, helping people in the present world. Uh, transition into death. Uh, it's it's dark comedy. I don't know how what else you want me to call it, but uh, it's if you could check it out, that'd be great. Pump those numbers. Uh, I'm also on a thing called By Night uh, Origins, which is a horror trilogy shorts, three of them uh, trilogy. That's what that means, and uh, that's on Amazon <laughs> right now. And then also, if you know Henry Phillips or have ever heard Henry Phillips on this Henry podcast, Phillips. his special is available. Wait, on do we have Amazon Henry on the Prime. podcast? No, I'm not sure. We might no, not we have haven't. yet. We should. I have. Yeah. yeah, we should definitely have him on. Henry Phillips is a national treasure that needs to be recognized. And two great movies, <clears throat> amazing movies. Punching the Clown and Punching Henry uh, are really funny. Really, both so funny. Um, well done. The second one is great too. I'm in that. Um, <clears throat> intricate, <laughs> intricate acting skills on my part. Mm. Um, but no, Henry's great. His new, his new special is called Neither Here Nor There, and it's on uh, Amazon Prime. So if you have that, check that out. It was really... I watched the taping. It, it, I mean, Henry's just funny, man. This is, I think, his first... Uh, might be his first special. So long time coming, but I'm glad it's finally here. So that's all I think I have to plug. That's all you are. Well, I'll be playing softball tonight in Eagle Rock. Oh. Um, I am the uh, leader. In, I'm the home run leader in the league. Uh, um, how many do you have? Four? Uh, no, I, I hit one or two a game. Really? Um, this is about Who's the 10th pitching? Game. Uh, it's is, softball, so it doesn't matter as uh, is is it, it, as long as they don't throw the super high ones. Like I don't play like that crazy. Look, I'm from Wisconsin. I is come there from a limit softball. to the arc? Then so there is a lot. There is that you can go flat, or you you can't go to you can't do the super crazy high. This is like because this our is league C was, league, dude. This is not a league. But we played a C league. Was like the whole league was uh, no limit arc. And that you could just, if you could throw it a million miles in the air and it could come down on home plate, that was legal. Yeah, some guys try that, but they can't. 
But they, I mean, they, some they. some leagues don't allow it because I think it's ridiculous. I think you should have to pitch like a. I mean, I, I don't know. That's well, weird. the funny thing is, so the family finally came to see a game because they had heard word that I was um, a champ. I was, I was hitting a lot of home runs, which even surprised me. Your kids wanted to take notes on your batting stance. They heckled me every time I was up. Oh, like what was the what was the best one? Come on, no, I I can't we want remember. a batter, not a broken ladder. No, but I mean, it was first off. My youngest son calls me Bry. So there was a lot of like, come, come on, Bry. Bry. If you're not going to hit home run, then we wasted our time here today, Bry. And I first, and I was just like, okay, first off, I never said I don't go home and go. All I do is hit home runs. Yeah, but it sounded like that to them. But yeah, but here's the problem. So that night, we you know, because eventually you end up playing the same teams twice. Well, guess what the guys were doing out there? They were standing in the dark out there. So I couldn't do that anyway. What do you mean? I couldn't hit. I can't hit when you stand that far back. They were literally the outfielders oh, were, were standing yeah. so far back that it didn't matter what I could do. Yeah, and of course, then the other uh, dad, a friend of mine, that uh, he brought his kids who also we used to coach uh, baseball together. He of course hit the home run, and they're like, "Yeah, that guy, that guy over there. Yeah, where are you? What are you doing? Why can't you?" And I was like, "I'm like, this is this is not the supportive fun." And like everybody on the team is just like loving it, of course, because I'm just getting mocked mercilessly. Your kids are funny, yeah, and I don't care. It didn't bother me. <laughs> no, but you will end up fighting them. But then I did get mad. I did. <laughs> I, did I did try to jack one over the left fielder's head, which was com- well, of course I didn't. And I mean, I threw I, my back I, out. <laughs> no, I, I think I did actually. No, I, I did crush it, but it didn't matter. He was literally standing so far away. Then it then it just looks like because the kids don't understand the dynamics of like how hard and how far I still hit it. All they saw was it oh, got caught. God, that guy just caught. He just hit it to that guy. What are you doing hitting to that guy? Yeah, don't hit to that guy. Get your get your. He's act. got a mitt on. So anyway, so softball for the rest of summer. Yeah, so movie they, comes out. We guys, we talked about this before, but the uh, movie someone you know um, coming out. Uh, dances with uh, films. dances with films on, June twelfth. On, on June twelfth. Yeah, that, not that you need to go there, but eventually it will be out. Uh, it'll be streaming. Uh, if you haven't caught Fixed yet, please. Just going to say, Father's Fixed Day. is still out there. Father's Day. Ooh, Father's Day is coming push, up. Big push for Father's I Day. I think uh, uh, <clears throat> you know might want to you know point a few uh, complaining uh, young new dads to to Fixed, and we uh, should do a Father's Day episode where we talk about how our dads. <laughs> we could. I don't even know. You know, here's how sad it is. I don't even know when Father's Day is. I think it's June nineteenth. Is that what or it is? Seventeenth. It's a Sunday, right? Yeah, it's always on Sundays, but I don't know. I don't know when it is. If only um, there was something in my phone, some sort of. No, if there were only people calendar. that cared enough to really promote Father's Day the same way they promote Mother's Day, then we would probably know. But uh, I have no idea. Father's but anyway. Day is June seventeenth. It's well, a Sunday. Go. Cubs so, play the Cardinals uh, at five o'clock that night. All right, so somebody will, of course, fly me out to where are they playing? Are they playing in, at Wrigley or are they? Uh, Bush Stadium. And coming up this summer again, uh, within a month and a half, you'll, you'll, uh, if, if John is open for it, we'll do another L.A. Dodger uh, sitting by ourselves in the stands uh, Absolutely, podcast. Absolutely, dude. I love that. <clears throat> a little on-the-road podcast. I'm not sure if anyone's been following baseball, but the little bit I have been able to catch of the Dodgers, uh, Matt Kemp is back, baby. Yeah, he's doing really well. That is, um, like, He's going to get most improved if he keeps that shit up. I think the Brewers are a legitimate baseball team this Don't, year. Who, no one is no, no, not no. interested. Uh, because my kids were the bat boys, I, oh, I think they... they they, a because of, of that, what if no? Because you of that, they sprinkled some of their their success dust on them. Their Irwin pubes, yeah. <laughs> their successful Irwin pubes. That's sprinkle. why my dad doesn't listen. Right there. What if? Uh, yeah, because <laughs> I say pubes. Right there. <clears throat> um, what? Uh, what if you? What if like the Brewers? Like, let's say they make the playoffs or whatever, and then they're being interviewed. Like, oh, I was a great walk off home run. Uh, ugly guy from the Brewers. Whoever their fucking main dudes are, they're all buttheads. <laughs> But it's like uh, 
<laughs> well, how do you, what do you, you changed your stance. What do you attribute any of this? What is this? The hitting coach is this? No, actually, um, uh, Elliot and Tanner Irwin were our bad boys, <laughs> uh, over spring training. And they talked a lot about what, the, how they played the game yeah. and what the game means to them. And I was yeah. like, you know what? And then Elliot just threw pubes at me. And then <laughs> I was like, yay. And now I'm on a, a good hitter. I loved everything about that story until you took that. You took it. Uh, ah. you, took, you went too deep. Yeah, sorry. You went deep state on the story, whatever that means. I don't even know what that means. Well, Garrett still remembers the, uh, I think, who was it that, I think it's you. Yeah. The joke about you sha- shaving your pubes and then your kids oh, yeah. getting sit in. Oh, yeah, yeah, that and actually urinating on my children. Yeah, yeah, he, he remembers that stuff. That's the stuff that, you know, look. That's the stuff that dreams are made of. Yeah. He may not remember anything else about me years from now, but... Uh, when he will see me, he'll just be like, there's the pube guy who pees on his kids. Guy? There's the pube guy who pees on his pube kids. kids. Well, that's a wrap, Dad. Um, I'm glad we uh, were able to uh, to take care of that. No, good stuff today. And if you happen to have ice in a cup and you're... <laughs> throwing it around? And you're throwing it around. You Watch know, it. Just, just you know, do, cool. me, do me a favor. You know, just know that there's good people inside that vehicle you're about to whip it at. Okay? I wanted you to say something like, <laughs> grab some wood there, bub. We don't need that kind of horsing around. <laughs> Let's say in a gymnasium. Uh, or a mathnasium. <laughs> it's not a mathnasium. Math, math. Oh, math. math. <laughs> Sorry. Different stuff. You and I, a, different planes. A mathnasium would be hilarious, different though. Just planes. meth heads in jeans playing basketball. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I got. All right. Uh, good show, man. See you uh, on the next one. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe. 